Today's Tan Talk. Entertaining and informative radio for the Sunshine State. Hey listeners, this is Robert from Nostalgic Radio and Cars. We all love to eat. Well, I would like to tell you about my friends at the Rib Shack Barbecue on West Bay Drive in downtown Largo. Their menu offers family-sized takeout dinners like delicious ribs, chicken, beef, and pork or sit-down barbecue dinners, sandwiches, and even desserts. They will also cater your party. Everything is barbecued fresh using real oak for that great smoky flavor. So visit my friends, Corey, Jed, and Kurt, at the Rib Shack Barbecue in downtown Largo, 600 West Bay Drive, or call them for a takeout order at 727-501-9090. That's 727-501-9090. They truly have the best smoking barbecue in town. Oh, and be sure and check out their great barbecue sauce. That's the Rib Shack Barbecue in downtown Largo, 727-501-9090. I'm telling Robert from Nostalgic Radio and Cars sent you. Hey guys, this is Robert from Nostalgic Radio and Cars, and you know I dig stuff out of the 50s, 60s, and 70s. Well, I'll tell you what, there's a shop in town specializing in vintage, retro, mid-century collectibles. Everything from toys, games, pinball machines, video games, fashion items, TV lunch boxes, slot cars, models, and more. Bobby, what's the name of that store? The, the Cool Shop. Shop. Yes, located at 9265 Seminole Boulevard in Seminole, Florida. Give them a shout, 727-201-9489. The, the Cool Shop. Shop.com. You may be owed some money. After 911 and 411, call 541. That's 727-541-1741. Call Gulfstream Motorsports for a diminished value report. Due to my 28 years experience in the auto salvage business, I'm very good with wrecks. So if your car has been involved in a wreck, call me for a diminished value report. Call 727-541-1741. You may be owed some money for the lost value of your repaired vehicle. And visit us at GulfstreamMotorsports.com. Emergency. Batman speaking. Warning all of you to brace yourselves for big news. The biggest. Tell them, Robin. Holy superlatives, Batman. It's really exciting. Soon, very soon, Batman and I will be batapulting right out of your TV sets and onto your theater screens. That's right, Robin. Our first full-length motion picture feature in color opens a whole new world of thrills. more space on land, sea, and in the air to challenge the most bataclysmic collection of super criminals ever. Their minimum objective must be the entire world. And here are the dastardly villains, the Catwoman. You're going to see the perfect crime when I get Batman in my claws. The Joker. Have you heard this one? It'll kill you, Batman. <laughs> the Penguin. There are two eggs this wily bird is going to scramble. Batman and Robin. <laughs> the Riddler. Question. Who's going to make the feathers fly and knock Batman and Robin out of the sky? See the new weapons in the Bat Arsenal combat the forces of evil. The Batcopter. The exploding man-eating shark. Holy sardine! The relentless Megaton Magnet. The unholy quartet secret submarine. Fire one! Fire one! The Batboat, for an action, 
You'll be with me, Robin, at the Bat Scanner, eavesdropping on Batman's romance. And you'll shudder at the death-dealing Polaris missiles. Brace yourself, Robin. This could be the end. And that's just a sample of the exciting exploits ahead in our first feature motion picture. Holy memoranda, folks. Make a note not to miss it. Good thinking, Robin. Excuse me, sir. Yes. It's the Bat Phone. To the bat poles. To the Batmobile. Let's go. Atomic batteries to power. Turbines to speed. Ready to move out. Gary Patterson, president of Shelby American, and you're listening to Nostalgic Radio and Cars. Okay, listeners, welcome. You're tuned in to Nostalgic Radio and Cars, and I'm your show host, Robert. Run your computers in Google Tantalk, 1340.com, and you can see us live here in the studios in soggy Clearwater. Good evening, Bobby. How are you? I'm doing pretty good. How about you? Well, I was just about to say, uh, after they go to the website, GulfstreamMotorsports.com, which you have been uh, feverishly working on, is getting better and better and better all the time. My hat's off to you. Yeah, look what all this rainy weather gives me time to do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, then, uh, if they've missed any of our past shows, they can go to Nostalgic Radio and Cars page on our website, and they can listen to all our past shows. Yes. In fact, the last seven are on the side of every page on GulfstreamMotorsports.com, so they're just going to stare at you until you decide to listen to them. Absolutely. So why don't you go ahead and do the uh, social media honor, since we've been a little active on that as well. Yeah, just a little. Um, a lot of bit. Uh, on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, LinkedIn, Periscope, now part of Twitter, uh, always part of Twitter, <laughs> at NRC on Air, at Nostalgic Radio on Cars, and Instagram at Gulfstream Motorsports. Oh yeah, just GulfstreamMotorsports.com. Uh, I'm so used to saying that. Hopefully you guys caught that uh, little segment we did at the beginning of the show here. It was uh, the movie trailer for the 1966 Batman movie. That's a tribute that goes out to Adam West. And uh, he was the Batman during the 66-67 Batman TV series. And, of course, they did that one movie. And, uh, unfortunately, he passed away last week. So uh, that was one of those TV shows that I truly, truly enjoyed as a kid. So... There's a little tribute to uh, Adam West, and uh, hopefully a lot of you guys, a lot of you listeners out there uh, remember that. So, at any rate, Thank well, <laughs> unfortunately, the last couple of weeks have been a little on the moist side here in uh, sunny Florida, you know, the sunshine state, the rain state, I guess I should call it now, you know. At any rate, uh, so the only thing we went to here in the last uh, week or so was the uh, Crown Motorsports 
Cars and Coffee this past Saturday at uh, Audi of Clearwater. And that is a fun event. I really got to admit uh, that I liked it a lot. Big shout out to Evan over there. And uh, Crown Motorsports is definitely the place to go if you want to basically soup up your contemporary sports car. So uh, Everything from alignment on up. <laughs> alignment on up, hot rodding, uh, computer stuff, uh, tuning, suspension, You know whether you get an Audi, whether you get a Porsche, a BMW, or a Kia. Or Lamborghini or Ferrari, anything. They uh, they don't limit themselves to anything. So definitely check out crownmotorsports.com, right? Did I say that right, Bobby? Yes. I believe so. So uh, let's see. We Where's... have uh, we have an interesting show for you this evening. Actually, we have a couple of people coming on that we met at the previous Crown Motorsports gathering, which I kind of like. I like that word gathering, you know, because it's kind of like a get-together thing. Yeah. The thing I like about... Uh, um, uh, the crown deal is the crown motorsports, um, cars and coffee cars and is coffee. they actually have cars and they actually have <laughs> coffee and they actually have donuts and, uh, that's kind of cool. And, uh, and it's not a big crowd. It's not overwhelming. You know, I was just talking to a friend of mine. He was up in, uh, at Hershey over the weekend and there was a big car show up there and there was like 70, 80 cars. And it was kind of an intimate deal. The problem you got with, and don't get me wrong, this weekend, by the way, is the DuPont Registry Cars and Coffee at the DuPont headquarters off uh, Almerton Road. And the thing that happens is and, and, and is that a lot of these events get really, really big. They get overwhelming. And what happens is it's just like it's a huge crowd and you're staring at the back end of heads and you don't get a chance to see all the cars. And what happens also is that a lot of the cars get redundant. Now, the thing... If if the thing about the gatherings in general, and we were talking about doing this, in fact, uh, a big shout out to our friends up in Brooksville, Monster Transmission, and uh, we've been talking to them about maybe doing something up there in Brooksville, and that's where they're based out of. So if you need a really trick killer automatic transmission, you definitely want to get a hold of the guys at uh, Monster Transmission, and if you really need a really killer trick manual transmission up my alley, then you go to, is it Astro Transmission in Tavares, right, Bobby? Astro Performance Warehouse in Tavares. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, so we got some new friends, and these guys are all performance-minded. So, And uh, we're thinking about doing some uh, uh, partnering up with them on some events. Now, the thing about the Brooksville deal is they got some nice drives up there, you know, okay? And the Monster Transmission is working on a new facility, and they're even talking rumors... I don't know if I can say this yet. I guess rumors is you're going to have a little track up there of some sort. Oh, don't tell anybody. Don't tell anybody. Did I? I didn't tell anybody, did I? Oh, so, what are these things in front of our face? Oh. <laughs> oh, my gosh. There's a microphone, and there's 3.5 million people in the Tampa Bay area, so everybody in Tampa knows about it now. So, well, at least not of in Brooksville, maybe. But. Yeah. <laughs> well, Brooksville, too. Yeah, right? I guess the, they do. Well, well, the thing is, is that we are streamed live. Yeah, now. and they're traveling up 75 listening to WZHR, so now, they know, now they're going to tell their friends when yeah, they get to Brooksville. Yeah. And, 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 and is that 1,400 or 1,350? Oh, both. Both, okay. <laughs> at some <laughs> point. Okay, so anyways, we got 1350 and we got uh, 1400 But at any rate, so uh, that's that's going to be kind of exciting. The thing is, is that, you know, the, the car show thing where people can kind of come and go leisurely is a lot more fun than when you're kind of like trapped at an event. Now, we do, we work with Festivals of Speed. We like that. That's a cool event. In fact, there's a number of events that we actually work with. But I've, I find that the freedom of being able to come and go, and sometimes twice a day. They might leave, go out for a while, then come back and hang out is a lot more fun than when you're pretty much trapped in an event all day long. And, you know, if you guys want, go ahead and go to our website 
GolfstreamMotorsports.com. And uh, I th- do we have a comment section on there? I'd like to find out. I'd like to get some feedback on that someday. <laughs> In fact, I uh, might throw that out there. Put that, for now, put that on Facebook. Then we'll we'll let you know what we get. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, so actually, anyway, that's uh, kind of like where we're going with that. Is, is And the car shows, is we like the casual thing. And we like that, the drives. In fact, that's we were, why drives are so popular, I would say. Right, right. And we talked to a guy that was also at the uh, uh, Crown Motorsports um, gathering in the morning, the Cars and Coffee deal. And he had a really tricked out, didn't he? Kind of like a Grabber Blue style Ford Focus RS. Was it 2016, 2017? In fact, he said he had to wait almost a year to get that car. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and he was telling us the same thing. He says, you know, he goes to a number of events around here. And uh, he likes the drives. You know, they like to be able to kind of roll in, hang out for a little bit, and then split. And then they go to another end. They roll in there, they hang out for a while, then they split. And then they get together, you know, 20, 30, 40 cars, and they go drive around. It's kind of like not really a poker run, but, you know, kind of like, well, let's meet here in the morning, and we'll get together, we'll drive, we'll meet someplace else in the afternoon for lunch, and uh, and, and then maybe someplace else for dinner. And that's kind of what the guys like to do, you know. It's very natural because that's what humans with cars would normally do anyway. Yeah. Well, back in the day, in my day, you know, back in the dinosaur days, you know, when we used to, when we had points and carburetors and things of that nature on our cars, uh, we used to go to like uh, Steak and Shake and we'd hang out at Steak and Shake, grab a bite to eat. Then we'd roll across the street to uh, the big parking lot over there. It was usually in the evening. Nobody bothered anybody. Nobody caused any trouble. And we kind of stayed traces. Then we we went out and we did some street racing. So, oh, we got a little music coming up here. Okay. Hey, stick around. You're tuning into Nostalgic Reality. Nostalgic Radio and Cars. Just a little collective soul. And the name of the song is, Bobby? December. December. A little early for that. That's about six months away. So, but anyway, hey, don't touch that doll. We'll be right back.
Hey listeners, this is Robert from Nostalgic Radio and Cars. We all love to eat. Well, I would like to tell you about my friends at the Rib Shack Barbecue on West Bay Drive in downtown Largo. Their menu offers family-sized takeout dinners like delicious ribs, chicken, beef, and pork, or sit-down barbecue dinners, sandwiches, and even desserts. They will also cater your party. Everything is barbecued fresh using real oak for that great smoky flavor. So visit my friends, Corey, Jed, and Kurt, at the Rib Shack Barbecue in downtown Largo, 600 West Bay Drive, or call them for a takeout order at 727-501-9090. That's 727-501-9090. They truly have the best smoking barbecue in town. Oh, and be sure and check out their great barbecue sauce. That's the Rib Shack Barbecue in downtown Largo, 727-501-9090. I'm telling Robert from Nostalgic Radio and Cars sent you. Hey guys, this is Robert from Nostalgic Radio Cars, and you know I dig stuff out of the 50s, 60s, and 70s. Well, I'll tell you what, there's a shop in town specializing in vintage, retro, mid-century collectibles. Everything from toys, games, pinball machines, video games, fashion items, TV lunch boxes, slot cars, models, and more. Bobby, what's the name of that store? The, the cool, cool Shop. Yes, located at 9265 Seminole Boulevard in Seminole, Florida. Give them a shout, 727-201-9489. The, the Cool Shop. Shop.com. You may be owed some money. After 911 and 411, call 541. That's 727-541-1741. Call Gulfstream Motorsports for a diminished value report. Due to my 28 years experience in the auto salvage business, I'm very good with wrecks. So if your car's been involved in a wreck, call me for a diminished value report. Call 727-541-1741. You may be owed some money for the lost value of your repaired vehicle. And visit us at GulfstreamMotorsports.com. Okay, we're back, and you're tuned into Nostalgic Radio and Cars. How about a big happy birthday to Charlie, one of our regular listeners here at Nostalgic Radio and Cars? And then a little news update because one of our sponsors, the Rib Shack. Bobby, tell everybody where they're moving to. Moving to 426 West Bay Drive. That's 426 West Bay Drive. But don't go there yet because we'll let you know when they officially Pick up and take a little hike down the street, but of course you're not. You're still going to smell the uh, delicious barbecue, the same mile down the road. So <laughs> not even a mile down the road. I think it's only a couple blocks. But you know what? I think it's they're they're planning on it sometime around the Fourth of July. So that would be a big celebration. That would be pretty cool. Yeah. And they're going to have a beer wine license, so that'd be great. So we can have barbecue and beer. So follow that smoker, and uh, <laughs> you'll know, you know where what? they are. We might have to do a little car show there. So, uh, oh, because he's got a this is gonna he's got a nice parking lot. Let he's me got tell a nice you. big parking lot. So we have ribs, beer, and let's see what rhymes with beer and ribs and has something to do with cars wheels. <laughs> something quick, to play four four one three thousand real quick. No, no. Just yeah, <laughs> All right, Bobby, why don't you go ahead and uh, get our guests on the line? Uh, we got uh, two guests coming on the line this afternoon. They happen to be friends, and like I said, we met them a couple weeks ago at. Uh, a couple weeks ago, last month, at the uh, Crown Motorsports Cars and Coffee gathering in the morning. And uh, one of the gentlemen that's coming on this evening has a real interesting business. As a matter of fact, he will be calling us from Deutschland. And for all you uh, avid listeners, know that that would be Deutschland is German for Germany. Deutschland, see, we say Germany here in the United States. Then there's this other little country around there. It's called Austria or... Österreich, as we say in Österreichisch. And then there's another little country that they speak the same language, and it's called Switzerland, Schweiz. 
Okay, well, hey, I'm delighted to welcome my first guest to the show this evening. He's the regional marketing manager for the famous Italian Mark Maserati. I'm delighted to welcome him to the show this evening. <laughs> Vinny Russo. He's got an Italian name on top of that. Hey, Vinny, how you doing, buddy? I, I think I think that was part of the reason I got the job, because I had the name to start off with. <laughs> yeah, there they go. They say, hey, you can say pasta, and you can say Maserati. <laughs> Sounds like a dish. That's all it takes. That's all it takes. How are things? <laughs> Pretty good. So, well, uh, you're in Texas, right? I am currently, yes. So, tell us a little bit about uh, Vinny Russo and his uh, marketing mm, skills, and what all we got. All you got going on with Maserati? Um, I am in Houston, checking on our uh, three dealers that we have here in the uh, Houston, I guess, uh, metro, and um, just uh, doing my normal uh, visits. I was in uh, Dallas earlier this week, and uh, I'll be here for a couple of days, and make my way back to uh, Florida to come join you guys this weekend. Okay. And uh, yeah, just uh, we we have a, a lot going on with Maserati. It's a it's a big year. Uh, we we launched a uh, an SUV called the Levante earlier uh, towards the end of last year, and it's a competition along the lines of like the Cayenne. Uh, it's kind of our target uh, demo there. But uh, the the big thing with with Maserati and the brand, I mean, it's a it's a brand that everybody knows the name, um, but very. Few people know anything really about it. You know, I mean, you could walk into anywhere and say Maserati and eyes light up and people will know. But if you said Ghibli or Levante or Quattroporte or something, very few people would realize what it is. So um, we're we're very exclusive. Um, and that's one of the, the three pillars of the company. And we kind of joke that the our corporate logo is a trident and has three points on it. So the three points of the trident stand for performance, design, and exclusivity. Um, and that's that's the big thing with the with the Maserati brand are those those, those three uh, kind of pillars of, of why a, a customer kind of chooses them. Now Maserati back in the day um, was started by the Maserati brothers, and I believe there was what three or five of them, wasn't there? And they, five, yeah, five. five of them. Okay, and mm-hmm. back in the late twenties, thirties, and they were really um, before that actually before that before that okay, and yeah, the company is one hundred and twelve years old right now. Oh wow. So, but their main focus yeah. initially was racing, similar to Ferrari, right? Correct. Yes, it was. Mm-hmm. And then uh, back then, back then, that's all anybody ever wanted to do with a car was race it. <laughs> well, it's interesting because if you look at Ferrari and you look at Maserati and you look at uh, let's just say Jaguar, you know SS back in the day, and uh, Porsche, they all focus primarily Audi, Auto Union. They all focus mm-hmm. primarily on racing, and then to support the racing habit, I guess if you would call it that. They uh, sure. were forced to build production cars. Yeah, and that's that's how a lot of the racing, um, the, the different racing leagues, were able to keep people from just building these, you know, weird one-off, super ultra-fast cars. You know, most of them required a certain minimum amount of production vehicles for most of the uh, most of the different racing leagues. And uh, I would say that Maserati was real strong probably in the 30s and 40s, or 20s and 30s, and then they kind of subsided a little bit, and then they got strong again in the 50s. And didn't the family, the Orsi family, didn't they buy in the Maserati? Is that how the the story goes? Yeah, right. Toward the end of the 50s, they were uh, were doing pretty good with with some of the racing. I mean, we had, uh, what was it, the the 450S was the the big racing car, uh, Mm -hmm. you know, back in the day, and um, there was a, you know, there's there's all kinds of stories about when you start talking production vehicles versus racing vehicles, and, and you know, you you hear stories over the years of, of certain things like 
when Maserati would, you know, for instance, like in 57, the, the 450S was a, was a huge race car for us. And, you know, they only built 11 of them uh, officially, so to speak. And when one would, when they would wreck one, um, they would just kind of reuse the chassis number and put a different car in there so that they didn't have to try and go back through the requirements they needed to try and start off with a, with a car from scratch. Uh, so there was, you know, there was always a gray area in some of the racing and things they did. I mean, even Carroll Shelby would do that with, with his first cars. The, you know, there were rumors and stories of where, you know, he had to have 25 uh, production vehicles to race in FIA. And Carroll Shelby would show a blue car in the afternoon, put it in a trailer. It would go off somewhere, get disassembled, get painted, and go somewhere else. And then it would be yellow two days later. And to sh- try and make it look like he had built all the 25 cars that he had built, but in, essentially he had about half a dozen that he would just take apart, paint, and show somewhere else. And... Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Back to Maserati, another car that was real famous yeah. for those guys was the Birdcade car, which came out late 50s and ran in the early 60s. That was a very competitive car for Maserati as well, and very unique. It is very unique. In, in fact, we're, I'm lucky enough that my uh, my dealer in Orlando, uh, the, the dealer principal that owns the dealership there, also owns a restoration shop up in northern New Jersey, and he actually owns uh, a birdcage and uh, has shown it in some of the local shows here in Florida. So it's, 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 a, it's a pretty amazing vehicle if you get a chance to see it. Now, uh, another little bit of history, trivial, if I remember correctly, is the... Um I think there were some of the surviving brothers during the late 40s, early 50s. Didn't they have something to do with Asuka? And they built those cars. And they were like small barchettas, which are little, small, little roadster open cars. And they were four-cylinder cars. Mm-hmm. So am I correct on my history there? Yeah, I believe you're correct. If I, if I, I've heard that same exact way as well. So I'm, I'm pretty sure between you and I, we're both pretty accurate on that. We're close. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah, we're close. Well, I'm sure if there's a Maserati historian listening somewhere, he's gonna he's gonna promptly correct us, you know, because I do have a number of, of listeners that are car aficionados, so you know. But uh, anyway, so that's cool. And then of course the production cars for Maserati really they made a, uh, a few ha- uh, one-offs and uh, only a handful of cars during the, uh, the late '50s, and then it really was with the uh, 3500, I guess, mm-hmm. in the late '50s. It was their first real. Yeah consistent mass-produced production car, which by Maserati standards was a lot, but by normal companies it wasn't. Bobby, do we yeah, have a guess? The, you know, sorry, go ahead. Hang on. Bobby said, we have somebody who wants to comment? Yes, Troy is here. Troy is on the line. Okay, right. so we want to welcome Troy to the show while we're talking to Vinny because you guys are good buddies. And uh, Troy is the founder of Championship Touring, and he's calling live from Germany. Troy, how you doing? Salvos, wie geht's? Guten Tag. <laughs> Hey guys, how's it going? Happy to be here. We're doing good. Hello, sir. Hi, Vinny. So, uh, if you want to chime in here, we're talking about Maseratis for a little bit, and uh, Vinny was just kind of giving us a, an update on some of the cars, production cars, and of course uh, where Maserati stands today. And kind of what they've done is what we're talking about is you know the Maserati thirty five hundred. Then of course they went to the uh, the Mexico, and then they had the Sebring, and then they had the Quattroporte, and then the Ghibli, and then the Let's see what else was in there. There was the Indy. So they're they're bringing back some of the names. The Quattroporte they brought back. The Ghibli they brought back. Yeah. And yeah. and uh, so does that? Which isn't. It's not. It's not uncommon for a manufacturer to do. No, no. Now, does that help in sales coming back with the uh, the retro names? Um, to anybody that actually knows what they are, yes. But to the majority of the customers nowadays, no. I mean, if you think back 
just a couple of years before the new version of the Ghibli was released in 2014, our annual sales here in North America were between three and 4,000 units. Um, <clears throat> this year, we're on point to probably hit about 20,000 units, which may sound like a lot, but when you compare it to BMW and Mercedes, that's going to do 300 to 400,000 units. We're still a very, very, very small company. So, uh, you know, bringing the names back, you know, every little bit helps. Plus, if it, you know, if it fits, like with the Quattroporte, essentially translates to four-door, uh, and that's kind of our flagship sedan, and, and, it, and it was back then. So it, it definitely, we, we, we embrace the heritage of the company in every chance that we get. Excellent. Now, the, the, the SUV that you were talking about, what's the name of that one again? Levante. Levante, okay. Uh, now, are, is that going to be like, are they going to push that to the point where they're going to um, increase production on that car? I mean, is that a fairly strong market for the uh, high-end SUVs? Um, it's, yeah, I mean, we'll, we'll push it as far as we, we can with our, you know, with our, within our brand. I mean, you're not going to see, you know, 15, 16,000 Levantes like that. We'll still keep it exclusive, but it, it is going to definitely boost our sales. And that's one of the reasons we're able to hit the, the 20,000 unit mark this year. What's the platform based on, on the, uh, Levante? Believe it or, believe it or not, it, it actually is, uh, based a lot off of the similar, the, of the Ghibli platform. So okay. it shares a uh, it shares over thirty percent of the parts from the Ghibli, which is a good thing when we're launching a you know a new vehicle like that because we were able to take the drivetrain from the Ghibli and take a few of the the pieces from the Ghibli, so it's not a complete from the ground up brand new, which tends to scare people on first model year you know vehicles. So over thirty percent of the Levante is taken from the Ghibli. Okay, now the original Ghibli was a two door car. What's the uh, modern day Ghibli? Is it two door or four door? It's a four-door. Yeah, it's a four-door. Okay. It's a smaller sedan, comparable to a five-series or an E-class. Okay, okay. And uh, in terms of price uh, price point, same thing? Uh, believe it or not, the, both the Ghibli and the Levante start in the mid-70s. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. And then the Quattroporte? Starts in the low 90s. Oh, my language. Okay. So is that the three... Um, uh, we still make a Gran Turismo, which oh. is a two-door, uh, like a touring coupe. Okay. Uh, actually, one of the few vehicles on the on the roads now that, that has a two-door coupe that has a usable rear seat for an adult. Mm-hmm. So we make a convertible and a coupe version of that. Um, that we're we're making a few swan song models now uh, with an anniversary models and final edition things because we're, we're getting ready to revamp that in the next few years. Okay. Is there a shooting break in the... Uh... In the works, potentially, for uh, Maserati? Not, not, not likely, no. Not likely? No. Okay. So, basically, you'll have those uh, four or five models, then? Yeah. yeah okay. We'll keep those for a little while. So, if somebody wants to buy a Maserati in the Tampa Bay area, where do they go? They go to Reeves and Port Motorcars, right? They go to Reeves and Tampa, and we actually just opened a brand-new store right on Gandy, uh, and, uh, and 19, uh, next to where Dimit uh, is with McLaren and and. In Bentley, no relation, but there's an Alfa Romeo and a Maserati dealership that opened uh, right there in, in the Pinellas Park. Oh, that's right. That's right. Okay, for our listeners, the tie-in between Maserati, Alfa Romeo, Fiat, Ferrari, is uh, are they all kind of like part of the same family a little bit? Yeah, they're all, uh, we, we call it, we're under the SPA brand, which is the Fiat Chrysler of America. Mm-hmm. And... Um, the, the families, you know, go back, you know, the, to the motherland in Italy that that, that they all control uh, all the Fiat Chrysler brand. So we're, we're sister companies. In fact, we're getting ready to move our headquarters uh, from New Jersey 
uh, along with Alfa Romeo, will uh, will be in a new building come August in Auburn Hills, Michigan, which is right next door to the other SCA building. Oh, really? Michigan? Okay. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Well, Troy, not to keep you uh, waiting there, so yeah. you're calling long distance, long distance from Germany. So what's going on in Deutschland these days? Tell us hey, about no uh, tell us about touring championship touring. Sure, no, happy to do so. Uh, so yeah, I am here in Germany. I'm actually in Stuttgart, Germany, as I'm talking to you, and just finished up one of our most recent tours. It wrapped up yesterday. So the premise behind championship touring is to allow our wonderful petrol heads in the United States to make their their European automotive dreams come true, right? So I've created a company that allows you to come over to Germany, experience the best the company has to offer from driving the Autobahn to driving the backcountry roads to experiencing the automotive museums from Mercedes, Porsche, BMW, Audi, Volkswagen, and also experience the racing circuits here, like the Nürburgring. Wow. So most of us, as we've uh, uh, grown up enjoying the automotive industry, have always thought at some point, what would it be like to drive on the Nürburgring, the Nordschleife? And we can make that dream come true, along with a lot of other unique activities during one of our adventures. Troy, you are uh, breaking up just a little bit. Is it? Uh, are you on a cell phone, landline, or what are you on? I am on a cell phone at the moment. Let's see if I can improve that. Yeah, just because uh, you're breaking up. I mean, he we also, can we can still hear. He also they, is on the other side of the world. <laughs> he's also on the other side of the world. That's true. Yeah. So the uh, must be a little bit of corrosion in the wires underneath the Atlantic. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes that does happen. Okay. Are you? Uh, so you can hear me a little better now. Yes. Yes. Much better. Yeah. Okay. Great. All right, so basically what you do is you have the utopian job of basically traveling to some of the finest racetracks in Europe and basically allowing other people to share that experience. So tell us about that. Absolutely. So the the ability to bring a customer to drive on the Nordschleife, the Nürburgring, drive at uh, Spa, the F1 track, Franco Champs, those two tracks are, are pretty popular for us. The customers I had in town recently took them to both tracks, not to drive, but to actually experience the tracks and learn the history. So our tours cater to the driving enthusiast who is a hardcore track junkie, but also the person who really enjoys the automotive industry and just wants to experience a bit of it. They've watched different TV shows uh, on, on Velocity or on YouTube, watched videos and vlogs, things of that nature, listen to your show, Robert, and they really get a chance to then step into the shoes of someone that live in Germany and have a chance to see everything that this wonderful industry brings from this side of the world, from food to the nicest places to stay, our accommodations, are really themed in that car industry. Uh, for example, in Stuttgart, we partner with a hotel called the V8 Hotel. And the owner of that hotel, who I've become close with, he started very young, just like I did as a, a car enthusiast, and went into the hotel business 
owns a few different hotels, but specifically opened this hotel called the V8 Hotel that is themed in that automotive world. And every time we have customers there, every time I'm there, it's just such a great experience because you're not staying at a standard three, four, five-star hotel even. You're staying in this wonderful environment that make you feel just as if uh, you're out at the racetrack or in a paddock. It's, It's just really cool. Wow. 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 Uh, for our listeners, I just want to mention that Spa is in Belgium and the Nürburgring is in uh, southern Germany. So um, where else do you go besides Belgium and Germany? Do you go? And you mentioned, uh, did, did you mention Monza, Italy as well? I didn't mention Monza, but we are actually expanding uh, okay. over the rest of 2017 and into 2018. We're actually working on some new opportunities, which I don't want to speak too much about right okay. now, but we will start to travel to some of the other countries in Europe, which is pretty exciting for us. Well, now, if you get to the Österreich Ring in uh, Austria, sign me up for that one, because uh, that's a pretty impressive track. And they, I think they only run that limited times, a few times a year, because um, it's kind of out there in the country, and they, they're very protective of that 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 uh, that area, that geographic area there. But the race... The racetrack is amazing. The Ursula thing, and uh, I have heard that uh, it's uh, just the world over here can be quite a bit different than the racing world that we see in the U.S. And that's an experience all on its own. <clears throat> For example, the customers that I had in, they were able to see a race at the Nurburgring this weekend, which there were two actual series going on there: G G uh, GLP series. And then they had an RCN series, which a lot of the drivers that live throughout Germany are working on gaining their driver's license to race specifically. And they have to go through, just like you would in the U.S., uh, through series. You have to uh, participate so much to get these licenses. So it's great to see these different types of races. And those two were going on while we were in Germany that morning. And then in the afternoon when we drove over to Belgium, there was another race going on. And I don't recall the series because it was a surprise to us that day, actually. So they were able to see racing on both of these famous tracks. Talk about an experience, Robert. Wow. Amazing. And both those tracks, by the way, Nuremberg being probably the most treacherous and one of the longest tracks in Europe, if I remember correctly, and Spa being a very, very technical track. I mean, you used to hear, like, well, I've had Brian Redman on my show, Vic Relford, uh, people like that, Bob Bondron, Dan Gurney, everybody that's raced there said that that is an extremely um, technical track, very challenging track, Spa is. So for these people to be able to go and take this trip to Europe and see something like that, an actual event on Spa, which is a very historic track, I might add, as well, um, that's, that's, a, that's, that's, that's a huge opportunity. It really is. We love being able to bring that experience. And to talk about the experience for a moment, as far as what it did for me, this is the fourth year of the company. I started back in 2012, originally coming over to visit friends and experienced most of what I'm I'm discussing today myself. And as I was going home, I, I just thought, how do I share this with others? And how do I do this again more often for myself as well? And that's where things really started for me. And it's just been, it's been a great experience. And like you said earlier, 
it's almost like a dream job, right? It's a lot of hard work putting together the details and making what I call a seamless trip for, for clients where we pick them up at the airport and they really just enjoy their time, whether it's a five-day, a seven-day, a nine-day trip, what have you. They just worry about having fun, picking up souvenirs, gaining great memories until I take them back to the airport and they head home. So take us through the process. So let's just say I sign up. I'm in here in Clearwater, Florida, and and I'm all booked and scheduled. So where do I go? I go, I go to the airport, then what happens? So the way the trip actually works is once we've gotten you signed up, you know the day and time that you need to book your, your airfare. That's the one piece that we do not take care of because, let's be honest, most customers have airline miles or they have their own preference of how they do things, or perhaps they're doing one week with us and the other week is on a family adventure where maybe the rest of the family will meet them somewhere else. And that gives them that leeway to be flexible and book their own airfare. And I'm not a travel agent. I'm a tour guide. That is how the company is designed. So they'll show up exactly when and where I tell them to, and we'll pick them up at the airport. And then from that point, we start the adventure, depending on what they've booked, if we've created a what we call tailored tour for them, which is more custom, or they pick one of the tours that we have advertised on our website. And the adventure begins there. Okay. So then uh, now you, it, it's a driving event. So in other words, do I, I have cars that I can drive? Do I drive these cars on the Autobahn? Do I drive these cars strictly on the track? Do we caravan in a bus? Or how does it basically work? Perfect segue. So we do a lot of those things. Actually, we do all of them. Uh, from the airport, you'd be picked up in transportation, depending on the size of the group. We'd pick you up in various different vehicles. You would then be transported around as group transportation in those vehicles to get you to the different activities. For driving, we have somewhere in the neighborhood of 120 cars available over here. And just to name a few, we have most of the current model lineup from Porsche. So the GT3 RS, the GT3, the Cayman GT4, the new Cayman S, the previous Cayman S, Cayman GTS, the list goes on with Porsche, and the same with BMW. Uh, we stayed with the M3, the M4, and the M2. We haven't moved to the M6 or M5 just because they're a little large and heavier, so we allow the customers to just enjoy the more nimble car for the track. <clears throat> and then we have a fleet of Renault Megane RS uh, hot hatchbacks, those are a car that we don't get in the U.S., but I'm thinking you may be familiar with those, Robert. Mm -hmm. yeah, it's a fun, fun hot hatchback, uh, similar to our GTI in the U.S., but it has an inline four-cylinder motor with a turbocharger, again, similar to the GTI, with 265 horsepower. And it does uh, come with a manual transmission, so for the customer that really enjoys manual, it gets a fun car, small, nimble, easy to drive. Again, front-wheel drive, so it's a little safer when they're doing some track time. But then we have, again, all the lineup for rear-wheel drive as well for our clients. So that, those cars would be used for <clears throat> track time. So if you've booked, say, four laps on the Nürburgring, or you're actually booking a full track day with us, uh, which there's quite a bit of difference between what we call the public driving session on the Nürburgring and a track day. 
whole lot of difference there where the track day, the event's actually closed to the normal public. People that have booked the private day uh, are able to then drive with a few different rules and uh, specifics for the day. And it makes it a little safer. It makes it a lot more fun for the experienced driver because for the listeners, uh, public driving session is what we've all seen on shows like Top Gear and on YouTube where anybody can bring any street legal car to the Nürburgring, which is amazing. It's something that's very unique to any racing circuit in the world. However, remember, that means anybody can bring any legal car to the racetrack without any type of racing experience. And that's where you see the bus going around, <laughs> and the motorcycles, which motorcycles are great, uh, wonderful for uh, driving events. However, for an inexperienced driver and an inexperienced rider, it can become an interesting combination. So we offer those both, the public driving session and the track driving with a private event. And, of course, we have all the instructors to provide support. Really, what we've tried to do is provide the total package, Robert, all the experience that you would need as your first time visit to Europe or your hundredth visit when it comes to the uh, automotive experience. The thing that you mentioned about Nuremberg Ring, which is true, is that's one of the few tracks in the world that I that I'm aware of that people can pretty much take advantage of. Like you talked about the, you know, the the leisurely drive. Um, pretty much during the week at any time, right? Unless there's a racing event going on, it's pretty much open to the public. So you just pay a certain fee, and you can drive on the track. And then, in your case, for the special um, people that, that have signed up for a special track day, that's a close to the public, and then you pretty much control the whole track that that afternoon that for that whole duration of the day. Correct? That's correct. Okay. And there are. There are multiple companies that actually book track events at Oberggring and Spa. I don't want to leave Spa out to do the same thing there, but they don't really have the public driving. Like you said, it's uh, specific to this track. It's pretty rare. And <clears throat> the private events, sometimes they're half day, most of the time it's full day. And typically the track will have somewhere around 150 entries for a private event. And that may sound like a pretty big number, but remember in really the uh, shortest orientation of the Nürburgring, it's 20.83 kilometers long. So, again, translate that to around 14 miles with quite a lot of turns. There's a, there's always an argument on how many turns are really on this track. I think the official number that the Nürburgring uh, is using today is 73. And there can be a, as many as 150 that you really count when you go on uh, go around the map and look. Uh, most of those are unnamed. Several are named. But it's such a fascinating track. And the history behind that circuit, uh, this is the 90th year, for example. And this coming weekend is the true birthday of the track. So 90 oh, years wow. of uh, racing history. Amazing. Okay, so now if I'm I'm the guest, I'm the patron, I'm coming along for the ride, so I get the track day. So basically everything's inclusive. So you provide me with uh, room and board, basically. So I have a hotel that I stay at, all my food, all my meals are included in the deal. What if I want to drive one of these cars, just say if I want to take them down the Autobahn and stuff like that? Am I limited on that, or is that part of the deal, too, that I have actually have access to a car to drive? No, so that's the that's one of the other activities we offer. Okay. We call the road tour. 
Uh-huh. And, <clears throat> excuse me, a lot of our clients will drive a much less power, uh, safer car, if you will, uh, on the track, which we all start somewhere and learn, and mm-hmm. it's based on their experience and capabilities to what they've driven at home or driven on other tracks that really lead us down that conversation prior to the client ever arriving on our tour. We qualify them and help them gain the best experience they possibly can during their adventure. And by doing that, we explain to them what they should drive for the track. But when we talk about the road tour, now this is the car that many patrons aren't going to be able to afford. It's something they get a chance to really enjoy. Go back to that thought process of an exotic rental that you may do here in in North America. Uh, You know, you go out and rent that Ferrari for the day or that Porsche, and it's just to have fun and, uh, you know, get a chance to drive it. Well, I'm going to give you a chance to do that in Europe on the Autobahn, and we do it very safely. So the way this works, I'll talk about our most popular road tour. And it's actually my favorite, too, Robert, because of what it includes. This is a full day, and we call it the Megator. And it's called that for a good reason. Because you start out in Germany at the Nürburgring in a safety briefing where you learn what we're going to do that day and what are the do's and don'ts and how the day is going to operate. Now, I've typically talked about this with our clients during the, the process of getting them signed up. But we go through a nice safety briefing that morning to really key in on things that they need to be careful for. So this is done in a caravan format, whether we have one client or we have 10. And we do keep our our tours small so they stay individual uh, where you really get a lot of attention and you don't feel like you're in a big group. I, I don't care for that philosophy. I like small groups. So we have 10 clients maximum per trip. Some are even smaller. Wow. You, f- you finish that briefing, and you get in your car, and you start your day. Now, this day starts with a history tour around the Nürburgring. So we don't actually drive on track, but we drive to various locations in that area, and it takes half the day. It takes the morning. So you're stopping at key corners. You're learning the history of what's happened here. <clears throat> You get taken to um, vantage points around the track, the original South Loop. You, you see the history of what this area, what this region really is, and it opens your eyes. It's, it's really fascinating. And at that point, we have lunch in the area at a, at a notable restaurant that's pretty famous for that, that region. Uh, it's, it's quite an experience because you are usually rubbing elbows with the racing teams from around the world. Because remember, this track is really a benchmark circuit where manufacturers come to test their vehicles. And from that point, you start through the back roads, head out onto the Autobahn, have a nice, nice blast across the Autobahn on your way to Belgium. And then we do this same process again in Belgium at Spa. Wow. Now, how, how long does it take to get from Nuremberg to Spa on the Autobahn? About an hour and 15 minutes, generally. At what speed? Now, given that there are no Geschwindigkeits, which is German for speed <laughs> limits, on the Autobahn, what, do you, what kind of a speeds are you traveling? Uh, there are unrestricted sections, but there are sections with speed limits through 
through certain areas of the drive. Okay. Um, we've uh, we've definitely speed, seen speeds over 250 kilometers per hour. <laughs> okay. And sometimes a little higher. Um, as you know, if you do the calculation, 300 kilometers an hour is around 200 miles an hour. So we're we're doing pretty well. And from a safety perspective. There is a tour car, a lead car, in front of the caravan, if you will. And we, we have radios in the cars, so we're communicating at all times. When the tour car feels that we're in an area that we can speed up safely, we will go ahead and accelerate, let the whole group know, and everyone gets a chance to drive at speed. It's quite nice. Wow. Okay. Now, what do you kind of like pre-qualify the guy? I mean, how do you know that you're the guy getting behind the wheel of a... Of a uh... 500, 400 and 500 horsepower Porsche is really qualified to drive that car. I mean, you know, do you, do, I mean, if I showed up, I'd show you my racing license, but let's just say the average guy, you know, I mean, do you, or is he in there with a, with a kind of like an instructor? So for the road tour, they're not in with an instructor. And the way that we, we typically do this, the instructors all do have racing licenses and they feel, I feel them out during the conversations of leading up to getting to Germany, right? So I've already understood a lot of their background and their experience. Now, of course, they could be, uh, you know, just giving me some information. What really, what really matters is when they get in country and we, we actually do the beginning of that morning, we're in slower areas, not a lot of speed, and you really have a chance to observe them. Um, a lot of this goes on trust, too, right? I mean, if, if they're <laughs> going to drive the car, that's the qualification is they've accepted the uh, the possible liability if they damage the car. I mean, it's just like renting a car in the U.S. again, whether it be exotic or otherwise, you still have liability. And if you damage the car, then you're going to have to pay for it. Uh, so we do talk about that with clients. But there have been a few accidents over the years, and I've talked about this with my partners. Never knock on wood with my tours, but they have seen some challenges, uh, if you will, on the road tours. But at the same time, 90, 95% of them have been accident-free, right? So. Excellent. All right, we're up against the clock right now. So uh, one more time, Troy, why don't you go ahead and give out the information if somebody wants to find out about this, and then, Vinny, I'll have you come on real quick and do the same. Okay. Perfect. Well, thanks, Robert. I do appreciate being here. For anyone who's interested, we have our fall tours coming. The next tour starts August 29th. And you can find more information out about us on championshiptouring.com. Or you can call us directly at 813-362-3838. Excellent. And Vinny, people want to find out about Maseratis. Where do they go? How do they find out about them? MaseratiUSA.com or uh, go to Maserati St. Petersburg or Maserati of Tampa. Excellent. Hey, I want to thank my special guest this evening, Troy Macias from Championship Touring and Vinny Russo from Maserati. You guys take care. Uh, both of you guys have a fun time and a safe trip back to good old Clearwater here. And again, I want to thank you guys for uh, hanging out with us a little bit here in Nostalgia Greening Cars. In the meantime, I want to tell all my listeners, don't forget to check us out every Tuesday night, 7, 8 p.m. on the Tantalk Radio Network here at Nostalgia Greening Cars. Don't forget to check out our website, GulfstreamMotorsports.com. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. In the meantime, everybody, stay safe, drive carefully, and love your family. I don't mean to be.
be telling tales out of school, but there's a fella in there who'll pay you $10 if you sing into his can. Downtown Dave. I'm not here to make a record, you dumb cracker. They broadcast me out on the radio. WTAN, Clearwater. FM 106.1. WCF, Dade City, Tampa Bay. WZHR, Zephyr Hills. FM 104.3. Listen. Yeah.